John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, and welcome to Million Dollar Agent. Nice energy, Tom. Morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning. Makes you feel good to hear yeah, that sort of... Fantastic. Energy matters, right? Jokes yeah. aside, and we talk about this all the time, but you hear someone that's enthused about a proposition or what they're doing or how they're doing it, you want to be a part of it. So thank you, Tom. That's a great introduction to us. Okay, so we're going to have um, a podcast today. We're going to do a Q&A at the end, but our topic today is um, starting strong, first impressions, um, the fact that people say they don't judge a book uh, by a cover, but they do. The way you start a thing seems to affect the whole thing. And John, in the world that we live in real estate, people probably underestimate the power of that first first meeting, first impression, first... What's your view on, on, on this? How, and well, how we're, do you do we're it? We're talking listings? Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I think what's important, Tom, I've always held the view that Let's say, for example, you've got the listing. Let's start from there because we've done a lot of stuff about how to get listings and how to help our listeners compete better. But from the point you get the listing, so I'm talking about the minute the pen leaves the paper on the listing, I think the next seven days is vital. Now, for a lot of people, the next seven days is admin getting it ready, call the photographer, whatever. And I think they they underestimate the importance of of that. Buyers, you know, there's a thing called buyer's remorse. Someone makes yeah. a buying decision, then all of a sudden they doubt it, then they wake up the next morning if I've done the right thing. Well, it's the same with a vendor, because they're buying you, and they sign it up, and it's competitive, and they've had to ring a couple of agents and disappoint them and let them know. And sometimes they wake up and they say, God, do you think hiring Troy was the right thing to do, honey? Was that... So I think what's really important is you need to validate... Um, and give them confidence they've made. Because if they have confidence from the get-go, they're going to listen to your recommendations when the real activity starts. So, Troy, what I'm thinking <coughs> here is um, frequency. Mm-hmm. So, phone call the next morning. Yep. These, these are some of the top of my head, some of the things I'd be doing. Phone call the next morning. <laughs> Tom, just wanted to say how excited I am. I woke up this morning and my mind's whirring around what are the things we can do with your property. I've got a few buyers to ring today because we've got a contract and, you know, I can't wait to get started. I just want to let you know also I emailed the uh, photographer last night and, you know, they've said... So start with energy. Don't leave it three days. Sometimes, you know, sign up, then no one hears from the agent and the event. Then three or four days later, kind of some of the energy. So um, phone call the next morning, let them know. Immediate activity. So whether it's photography, signboards, getting buyers through the property. I'm talking about... Don't wait three, four, five days. Certainly don't wait to the first inspection. It's game on from the second that paperwork is signed or you've given, been given that. authority. The other one I was going to say is move straight into that expectations meeting, right? Whether it's straight after you sign the documentation or whether it's 24 hours after, it's a great way to reintroduce the team and go through the detail of what is going to happen through the campaign, setting up that expectation for a successful campaign. What, how often do we communicate? When's the best time to see you? What's the best contact number? People are going to ask why you've decided to sell. Can we align so everyone yeah, is on the same brilliant. page? What offers can we receive? Are you open to offers before the property is scheduled? What's the chances of a change in deposit terms? Are you open to extended and shortened settlement periods? That's always been the best way to get back in front of the vendor and reaffirm that they've made the right decision. Okay, this is gold because what we're saying is the list. I'd love to call this podcast the list to launch period list because launch. I think that list to launch period. And I'm just as as you were speaking, John. I was picturing whenever I've bought a product or service, 
and the person walks away, I do think to myself, did I get carried away here? Right? And what you're saying is that that is a normal human reaction after they've engaged in a product or service. Have I been sold here? And what you're saying is you want right from the outset to say, hey, I'm going to go beyond the expectation of yep. what you thought you've entered into. And Tom, that's whether, whether it's a buyer that's just bought a property at auction this afternoon. Same thing. Ring them the next morning and say, I'm so excited for you and your family. You know, I just love that house. I drove past on my way to work this morning, and I think you're going to have an amazing flood of memories for the next decade there. Wow, okay, I feel, okay, that's good. I was, I'm glad you called me because I was just having second thoughts whether we paid too much. You know, the only reason you paid what you paid, Tom, is that that property is in such demand and it's only going to get hotter over the next five, ten years. Yeah. So whether you did or you didn't, you paid market value and you're going to have a great investment and a great... So give people just that positive feeling because you want everyone that's dealt with you, be them a buyer or a seller, tenant or landlord, because I know a lot of property management people listen to our team members listen to this. You want to give that first. So you listed the property. I want to make sure that within 24 hours, I've done a number of things that are going to have Tom and Sula thinking, you know, we've made the right decision. Um, one is it just feels good. Two is this is about a lifelong relationship and creating raving fans, not getting 2.5% of the sale price of your property. Um, three is down the track, you want to have, and Pete Fooder talked about this, um, Tommy up at Eric, you want to have a number of emotional credits in the bank account. Because guess what? Something will go wrong. You know, there's so many moving parts from list to sell to settlement. Invariably, something's going to go wrong. But if you've given them exemplary service and speed and urgency and value add, and then in three weeks, you know, something just doesn't quite go right, you're going to be a long way ahead of the curve. So I think it's really important to, to John, start is, strong. Is, is, um, let's call that period, that list to launch period, seven, nine days. Is every day um, acceptable? Is it too much every day that you're on the phone um, talking my, to My them? view when I was listing property, Tommy, was I would speak to my client, excuse me, every day, at least every day. Um, and there's certainly that first week, there's always something to talk about. And Troy, just before we went on air and we were talking about this was going to be our topic, you mentioned a great one, which is the placement of the signboard. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really important, and I'm pedantic bastard, but yep. if the board doesn't go in the right spot, imagine the vendor, they're excited about the property, they you know, can't wait to get started. They drive in the driveway in three days' time and they find the board has been nailed to their beautifully rendered garage that they've just spent $50,000, or it's on the wrong side or it's covered by the bush. and So... Detail like that, you've got to be a stickler for detail in this mm. industry. So, Troy, that, I think that was your point. Make sure that something that feels simple like the signboard, don't just order at 10 Smith Street. Yeah. Take a photograph. Nowadays, there's no... Take a photograph, send it to the installer, say, please make sure that, you know, you don't touch the, the rendered garage. That was a very valuable lesson I learned very early on in my career, <laughs> the installation of the signboard. What Regardless, happened? I just went to the left-hand side of the driveway instead of the right-hand side of the driveway. Yeah, yeah. Right? It was but it like, did go on the right property. It went on the right... Well, <laughs> technically, yes. It was a battle axe block, so there was two driveways. <laughs> but it was very confusing. And, and regardless of what happened from that point on, there was a question of doubt from the vendors. Right? And it took a lot of emotional engagement to get back that's to a that good point. That's a happy. good point. Yeah. When doubt creeps in... Yep. What happens is everything you say after that has got doubt all over it. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the problem yeah. when you lose trust with someone, that everything that you say past that first stuff up is then um, seen and perceived as, is this true? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think it's really vital to start strong. And not just the technical stuff, signboards and photography and stuff. Now, by the way, I was coaching someone the other day, I forget who it was, we were talking about delegating what activities as an agent, you know, a high-performing agent should delegate. Um, I think it might have been Stephen Bock at Manly. <clears throat> and we were talking about it, and uh, I said, for me, I used to attend, right through my career, every photographic shoot. Yep. I felt that it was incredibly important. The photos were going to be used in all different medium. Um, it's very important, and it's often the first display I get where a vendor sees me at work. So, now, sometimes a photograph and a video and a floor plan can take an hour. I might go for 20 minutes. I'm not saying I stayed for the, because you don't have to, but I want to arrive there, I want to introduce the photographer and, and, and creative team to my vendor, if the vendor's there. I want to walk through the home with them, I want to have a value-add discussion regarding the angles, what are the best shots, knowing that we can only take five shots, what are the best value shots, what's the best angle. I want to make sure that everything looks perfect. Um, and I want the vendor to know that I'm on, on my best yeah. my best game. We used to make the vendor actually look through the lens. Yeah. Right? So when the photos were being being taken, we made it a really important appointment for the vendor to be at and to look through the lens to make sure they were satisfied with the shot at that period of time. That's very it build, it's another piece of credibility. Another one that we do consistently, and a lot of the, the teams in Melbourne, I know we've implemented that from 2016 and they have been doing it successfully since, is caravanning. Mm. Everyone's busy these days, but it builds credibility mm. and emotional rapport with your vendors. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, it's not just me that's going to be representing you. I have 10 agents that work with me, you and they're all going to come through. A, you've just reminded me of a blast from the past, caravans. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I haven't easy. heard that term used in a very long time, but Troy, this was stock standard for us on a Thursday. We all used to go around, we'd meet up, we'd look at the properties. It was like we were going on a school excursion. Religious, you yeah. wouldn't miss it. Yeah, wouldn't miss it. And then we'd come back and the lead agent would ring up the owner and say, we had X amount of people through. I'm letting you know, most of the people that have come through feel like me, that it's a great home, yep. this and that. A couple of people actually thought that, you know, that this might be a bit of a challenge, but we already had spoken about that. It was a reinforcement of all those things for getting other opinions. I like that, caravans. And this is just last week. We did it in a property and we were up against another agent competing we did the caravan and everyone walked through and the vendor was is there is this at, from, at Edgecliff is it yep yeah and there was a vendor that was there and the vendor said wow I didn't know that so many of you work together so closely I love that it's good I now love that. The in comparison the now I would almost hand on heart say the competing agent wouldn't have done it and it would have taken it for granted. They probably would have had a prior to the listing. You're saying, oh, this was once it was listed. No, this is prior to the listing. So this is actually to help you secure the listing. Secure, okay, yeah. Interesting. So you can do it post, but we did it before. Well, that's well. I've got to say to you. I mean, the issue is any action that you do that helps you stand out. Mm-hmm. Any action that is value add. Everyone's winning out of it. Gang, I want to ask you some real simple questions that come to my mind. First impressions. Top three, four things that come to your head. You know when you meet that person that you like within a few minutes of meeting them? What are some of the things that makes that person likeable? Because we know that this is an important part of our business. Being liked and, you know, having a connection with people seems to affect your success in real estate. John, what are some of the things that... We're talking about first impressions. Um, Presentation, both physical, energetic, smile... Before you've said a word, before you've extended your hand to shake theirs, they have formed an impression of the way that you've arrived, the way you're walking towards them, the way you're presenting yourself. 
does it feel like you're an organised, orderly, disciplined person or does it feel like you're a slob and you're disorganised and you're chaotic? So I think um, that's really important. And the, the other thing is the energy behind that, Tom. When, when, you've, when you're carrying stuff from the past, you carry a heavy energy. Yeah. When you kind of deal with that stuff, you lighten up. So I encourage everyone, if there's things from the past and everyone has imperfections in their past, if there's things that just deal with them, you know, go to someone like a Dr. Fred group, like one of your mastermind groups, and deal with it privately or in a small group setting because the energy that you portray goes well beyond your body and it's an aura almost that people can see and feel with you in your body language. So, Susan, we, we met someone last week, John, and Susan said to me as soon as we walked away, you didn't like him. And I said, why would you say that, Susan? She goes... Because I know what you're like. You're always um, on the hunt for people that make up for their insecurities by saying saying something. And I, was, and I said, well, what did they say? She said, well, within the first couple of minutes, he was boasting about someone that he had just come away. And she goes, and I just noticed that you gave me the look like we'll probably be here for 15 minutes and we were going to go. So that's one of the things. So always that was ego, hunt. right? You, you spotted ego. Ego, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. So it, it, uh, when they, you know, when they name drop and you think to yourself, it's very early in the conversation to be saying something that seems to elevate someone's status. Mm-hmm. And they may have, might have been a genuine, authentic thing, but in this case it wasn't because over the next 15, 20 minutes, there were three or four things that sort of were said that were saying, I'm better than what I am. And you, you probably know what I'm getting at. You have those conversations with people yeah. and you sort of think, hey, you don't have to say those things. Just be you and everything would have been well, fine. A, yeah, there's a lack of authenticity yeah. in that conversation. I think that's what something that I read, try to read straight away, energy and authenticity. And then I know we've spoken about, about Dr. Rob Cialdini a lot, but those pillars of influence, I think they're easy ways to build credibility straight away with someone that you meet within the first five, ten minutes. So am I likeable? Yeah. You know, what do I offer the conversation? Law of reciprocity, likability, similarity. Similarity. Yeah. And is there social if, proof? Troy, you want them, well, not you want them too, but if they are interested in you, yeah. a lot of people are more interested in themselves than they are in you. And hence, Tom, probably what you felt the other day, they start talking about themselves. Yeah. They're saying, so Tom, you know, what, what's interesting, the, the interviews, who's the most interesting person you've interviewed in the last 30 days? Mm. Great question. And it gets you thinking, and then, you know, you enjoy telling that story to me, so you're feeling good about this interaction. Versus, oh, Tom, you know, God, it's been a hectic week. Let me just tell you, I've just closed <laughs> 10 deals. And you're thinking, oh, God, this person's just full yeah. of themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right, Troy. Authenticity, interest in, interest in me as opposed to interest in yourself. No ego. These are really critical things. And, you know, the energy and the presentation and the body language, all that sort of stuff, really important. So, um, quick question. Yep. What are three things that... Um, what you know about improving your attractiveness into the marketplace, your attractiveness when you're uh, meeting clients for the first time. Some of the things that I've heard you sort of say is um, your energy seems to introduce you. You're sort of saying there's yep. this introduction that happens even before you speak. Yep. Um, the second thing, Troy, you talk about finding sim- similarities. But I think people sometimes do that in a, a not... I mean, you don't want to sound like yarn events saying, hey, oh, I noticed you've got a golf trophy over there. I also play golf. Because I think the average person knows when you're building rapport versus being really curious, you know? John, you are, um, you are a person that has... Um, you make 
anyone, whether it's the waiter or the CEO, you've got the ability, because I've seen you do it at News Corp, whether someone's bringing in some coffees mm-hmm. or whether it's, you know, one of the senior executives, you always make people feel comfortable with who they are. Yeah. Um, well, Tom, look, I, I don't think you can fake that. I actually like people and I like people feeling good about themselves. and, and So I don't use it as a sales tactic because I think you're right, that comes across as a sales tactic. I really enjoy and I know that everyone's got a story and, and most stories are really interesting and I know that half the people you meet have got some challenges in their life so just a little ray of sunshine a little compliment that's genuine and helping them feel good. But you're, you're curious aren't you? You, you, oh, you are curious about people aren't you? Yeah I'm really curious I just love because that's what makes it all fascinating you know I've been in real estate nearly 40 years now and the fascinating part is every vendor and every situation changes day by day. So, yeah, I, I think it's, um, and it's, a, it's my pleasure, like, I'm not, whilst I guess in a sense I want them to feel good about themselves, but I enjoy that interaction um, and that banter. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a really good topic. We probably should <coughs> drill you know, on another podcast deeper into likability factors yeah. and also the unlikability factors and the ego we've already touched <laughs> on here. I, I, reckon that, oh, I was going to say, I reckon that's got a lot to do with body language as well. You know, how open are you to welcoming people in? How often do you walk into an open for inspection and someone's standing there, they're looking at their phone or they've got their arms folded or they're not really open and having gestures of come and talk to me, Um, smiling, right? The law of reciprocity, the most basic form of law of reciprocity is to smile and you'll receive a smile back. Yeah. And then uh, I work a lot with Adrian Bowe and Adrian Bowe has a mindset at every single open for inspection that every single person is there for a valid reason. If you go in with a mindset of it's my birthday, you're going to have a different energy to talking to them. So you know how the analogy is, you know how when you've got a, um, or the metaphor, when you have a birthday party, everyone's there to see you. Yeah. You're saying, hi, thanks so much for coming, going on to the next person, thanks so much, lovely to see you here. Imagine having that same mindset at an open for inspection, at an auction, every time you meet someone in the office. Yeah. Every one of your team members walks I'll, away going, yeah. you know what, I'm absolutely so much better off for hanging out with Tom Troy, you know, you know what I notice? Whenever I go for a walk around the Bay Run... Yep. The Bay Run. It's called, it's, called, <laughs> it's called the Bay Run, but Tom Panos walks it, right? <laughs> uh, it's, it, it just takes me three times as much as everyone else to get, get around. But what I notice, John, is that there's a group of people that are genuinely just smile, yeah. right? You, you, you know when you walk by, and it's not like they know you. It's not a smile, oh, hi, you're my friend. It's just, hey, another human being, there's two of you. Mm. You're walking past each other. There's no one else really around, and it's that split second. And what I've noticed is if you're the first person that smiles, that person smiles back. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they do it, and then I think it's so much better than two of you sort of just acting as if you haven't seen each other and walk past. <laughs> yeah. It's that awkward feeling. What is it? What is it about that? Because every time I get up, I, I get up early and the dogs come out for a walk and every single person before 7am that's out on the street will say good morning. Yeah. Now, do that at lunchtime and no one says hello. And then no one, walk into an elevator at 11 o'clock and people sit there as if there's no one in the uh, room. It's isn't, interesting. That, isn't that bizarre? Yeah. I find I that amazing. I think it's the dogs. I reckon it's the dogs. I reckon Biscuit and Frankie absolutely are uh, <laughs> magnets for attention. So before we finish, you, you were saying that I think, Tom, that there'd been some good response to the um, podcast a couple of weeks ago, which was around price alignment, the new yeah. skill. And I think uh, some of the people were asking you and Susan, yeah, so... What are some of the... How do you approach it? I mean, what do you so, say? So, so specifically, John, we talked about you've taken five buyers over. 
with the view that we're going to test out and see what the market's got to say. And let's assume, which would happen very often in this market, where you come back and you don't have an offer that you actually recommend the vendor should take, or there hasn't been strong engagement. What does the conversation look, sound, feel like with a vendor about realignment to hit the market? So I'll I'll give a few ideas, Troy, and then you can sort of let us know your thoughts. But So my view, firstly, is you set it up at the expectations meeting. So you say, Tom and Sul, you know, one of the most important things, in fact, the most important thing in making sure we maximise your price is really going to make sure that we're in line with where the market sees the, the appropriate value. Because then I can engage people, I can get them excited, I can shift them mentally to moving into the home, and then I can create a competitive situation, and that's the process that will maximise our price. So in order to do that, and whilst we've discussed comparables here, and I understand your, your goal, your dream price, which is great, um, we really need to be aligned with the market on, on value. So every time I bring a buyer through, whether they like the property or not, I'm going to ask for them for some feedback on what do they think in today's market the value is. And what I want to do is share that with you each time, and I want to check in with you within a week, and we'll sit down and we'll really unpack what are the comments been and what do people feel about the home. Because if there's something we can do to improve the presentation or remove something that's an irritant to buyers, that'll be a really healthy conversation. And if we're in line with price, that's fantastic. We'll just keep going. If there is some rationale or reason um, in the marketplace based on intelligent buyer feedback, we'll have a discussion regarding that. Because as I said to you the other day when we listed the home, um, the first 30 days is crucial. And the only time to get the best price is the first 30 days. And if we go out there and we've overshot the runway, that's going to be not a good situation. So set it up. So then this is, they're waiting for that conversation. They're not, well, why, why do we need to talk about price? I thought we had an asking price. <clears throat> so we do that. S- second thing is when I'm there, so the, face-to-face ideally, and nowadays you can use technology. If you can't get, get to see them, you know, you can use Skype and Zoom and all sorts of things. But if you can get in front of them, because this is a business meeting regarding a very high-value transaction that you want to be able to see their body language, let them see your body language, and and create um, the environment to maximise that conversation. So then I would go through in detail, and and I've done this along the way. Each time I have buyer feedback, I kind of have that conversation. But now I'm summarising it. So I'm saying, Tom and Sula, there's now been eight inspections, as you know, and thanks, there's been great feedback. A lot of people love what you've done with the renovations, and they recognise the value of the location. So you certainly want to make sure that this is not a negative conversation, but it's got to be a real conversation. So I, I like giving people some of the positives that I've been hearing, and we probably knew that at the beginning, but it's nice to have that reinforced. So with regard to price, Tom and Sula, as I said, um, I've been asking every single buyer what are they thinking and, and why are they thinking it. And right now, our desire to hit around the high fours to the $500,000 mark, the market's rejected that as market value. I like that. The market's rejected that. As market value. So I think it's a really pivotal and important part of the listing and the sale process right now that we assess where we're at and so we can maximise our opportunities going forward. I'm going to recommend that we reposition and repackage the property and we amend the pricing so we're in line with where the market sees the value. I'm doing that so we can maximise price because if we amend the pricing back to where the market is, I'm going to get engagement, I'm going to get competition. With competition, we maximise price. So I want to make sure people see, I'm not just bringing the price down so I can get a quick sale. I'm not bringing the price down so you have to take less. 
I'm bringing the price in line with the market so I can get engagement, which will lead to competition. Once you do that, then people say, normally people say, well, A, they're expecting the conversation. B is it was detailed enough to give them, to have a credibility. And three is I'm talking about repackaging, repositioning, aligning with market and amending the price. So that would be my kind of just some tips, Troy, you might want to throw. Mm. I, I, I like the idea of um, looking at properties that have not only sold to get comparable prices to justify value to the buyers that are inspecting the home, but also looking at properties that are currently on the market as competition. We need to understand what properties are people are looking at because the buyer... Well, properties, Troy, that have entered the market since you've listed. Correct. Sometimes yeah. one comes up a week after you've listed it. Yeah, and if it's the same configuration in, an, in another area that might be... Um, you know, somewhat of a better location, then that's what buyers are going to be attracted to. So we need to really be conscious of every single step along the way, knowing what's happening in the market, where those buyers are looking, as well as those comparable sales that we're trying to justify value on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This has been uh, uh, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I think that any real estate agent at the moment that's got you know six, seven, eight listings, and maybe there's three or four of those that you're sitting there staring at the address, thinking to yourself, you know, what have I got to do? Oh, there's nothing else I can do. I think we've just heard some very good stuff for you to go off and speak to the vendor. And you know what I like most about it? This is not the traditional, some trainers go out there and they say, you know, you've just got to hit them. This is not about hitting. This is about describing a situation as it is, not personalizing it. It's not the vendor, it's not you. It's the market. In many ways, you're pretty much being a doctor with an X-ray result, yeah. and you're explaining that X-ray as a third person. And Tom, don't sugarcoat it. You don't have to feel guilty that the market's giving you valid feedback that might be inconsistent with where the vendor would hope it to be. It's a business transaction, and yes, emotionally, it's their home, but we're brought in, and we need to, like a doctor or a lawyer, we're a professional advisor that needs to let them know how they, it's like a doctor that says geez you know i know that if i gave tom this medicine it tastes bloody horrible but i know it'll fix him but i know he's not going to like the taste of it you know yeah. you've got to give people the medicine that's going to get them better yeah so i think that um price is the key one you can have the best property in the world and even amazing marketing and if price is out of line with where the market sees value it will stay unsold so uh, yeah hopefully guys this is just a new skill never stop practicing it Roleplay. Roleplay is a forgotten art. I, I want to see more roleplaying. I yeah. want questions to come in. I love roleplaying. And I think that it's important that we all know that you can't go out to the Grand Slam at Wimbledon that's currently on now and think that you're going to do a deal and practice live on the competition. You need to get better at training yourself and roleplaying within the office with a peer partner, a coach, or a mentor that can get you the skills to get the deal across the line. Yeah. Troy, well said. Guys, thank you so much. Quick reminder, the reviews on iTunes, your comments, a five-star rating or a four-star rating. Prefer five. Have <laughs> um, you started your Dr. Fred group yet? Uh, no, it starts in uh, in August. It starts in August. And um, John... Two, Sydney two, or Melbourne? Two weeks. Where is it? It's in, two, two in Sydney. Weeks, yeah. It's not, yeah, and, and it's actually... Um, it's uh, it's closed off, so I'm excited about that. And, and this one's closed off, but I'm sure in the future you'll do more or Dr. Fred will do more, but... I, I'm not involved with it, as you know, but I know that it was a forum exactly like that, initially in Chicago, then moving to Sydney over time, that changed my real estate career, sitting in a group of like-minded people having authentic conversations with two people that I think are the best you know, coaches and guides and mentors on the planet. 
So I really hope those that did miss out look check. Is there going to be more? Are you going to do some There more? is, there is. So John, we're going to uh, trial this first one, giving a, a real estate flavour to the original mastermind uh, template that Dr. Fred has used for 10, 15 uh, years. And I've looked at the, you know, the other bit about it is there's something special about people that have said, I'm going to fly there. I'm actually got skin in the game. It's not $1,000. It's like, I think, three, well, it's four grand or five grand. So you've got a qualified group of people that are saying this is going to work. And the energy of that normally affects the energy mm. of every person there. Where are you doing it in Sydney? What's the location? The, uh, it's a hotel in the CBD. I can't quite uh, okay. remember. It'll be, it'll be great. I just, I, yeah, Troy, as you know, Dr. Fred has been you know, the reason that I think I've been able to achieve the majority of the things that I have because of the coaching. We'd love, John, we'd love one of those days over that period because you're not far away, you pop in. Oh, okay. I'd love to. You know, we'd love come in. I'd love to listen to Dr. Fred again. Yeah. But, yeah, certainly if I can if I can add any value for a session or an hour. Fantastic. So we'll, we'll talk about we'll that. But um, we'll um, see everyone in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. Next week. Episode 199 next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, one away. One away from our Just nah, 90 curry. <laughs> Not interested until we get the 200. Talk to me at 200. All righty, guys. We'll see you next week. See you, guys. Bye-bye.